0: that's my cue <laughs> hey top of the day to you my name is mike happy wednesday hump day middle of the week downhill from here day whatever you want to call it it's wednesday april the 5th my name is mike i'm your host this is the freight broker tv podcast FBTV, as we so fondly call it <laughs> anyway what is today today's drowsy driver awareness day see a drowsy driver. honk <laughs> your horn. Fresh tomato day. Jump over things day. Caramel popcorn day. Caramel or caramel? Or is that one and the same? Two different things. And it's Twinkie day. And it'll make sense to you. In a little bit. Because, well, I'll tell you now. It, it, it's Twinkie day. Yeah, the uh, cake that never... You could put that thing in a safe, open it up 100 years from now, and it would still be good. Kind of like a a McDonald's hamburger. But on this date back in 1931, the Hostess Twinkie went on sale for the first time. So that's why today is Twinkie Day. There's a lot going on in the world today right now we're going to be talking about a, a lot of it obviously fuel prices uh, pretty much top of the everybody's list even though it's down 4 cents a gallon woohoo diesel's still 514 a gallon and even though gasoline is down 6 cents per gallon it's still 417 per gallon that's the uh, average And uh, well, the Biden administration ordered car makers to increase their average fuel economy to about 49 miles per gallon in four years. Man, this is 1970 something all over again. You remember that? Everybody came up with the small cars, the compact cars, fuel mileage, fuel mileage. Remember the Vega? <laughs> I don't know. You just could not turn a Vega into a hot rod. I mean, people did it. I know it. But to me, it just looked weird. And then what were they? Gremlins and AMC Pacers. And I don't know. Anyway, uh, the new fuel economy rules issued April 1 the other day by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration required car makers to heighten the fuel efficiency of their fleets by 8% annually for the 2024-25 20, model years and 10% for 2026 according to a senior administration official the agency was facing a March 31st deadline to finalize new rules for the 2024 model They're trying to they're trying to take away our cars here we've been worried about the guns they're trying to take away our <laughs> Our combustion engines. (laughs) The 49 mile per gallon standard that the automobile industry will have to meet by 2026 is actually just a test figure. In real world driving, the number would be about 39 miles per gallon. I'm sorry, folks. This administration makes no sense to me. Okay, they're wanting to go all green. Uh, and then they're doing this. Then the president comes out Monday. Patting the truckers on the back. Praising truckers, trucking apprenticeship program, during remarks on the uh, trucking action plan. he, I don't know if you saw the video or any part of it. I thought about putting some of that in the video edition of this podcast, and you would have been able to hear the audio if you're listening to this podcast using your favorite podcast app. But uh, I'll be honest with you. I sat through about 30 seconds of it, and it was blah 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 blah. Look how good we are. We are great. We are fantastic. That's all it was meant. To. That's all it meant to. Anyway, Bryden took to the podium Monday, praised the country's influx and new drivers due to the administration's truck action plan and subsequent trucking apprenticeship program. The uh, apprenticeship program increased federal funding to expedite the issuing of CDLs. Expedite the issuing. Created a joint initiative with the Department of Labor and Transportation to expand recruitment of drivers and advocate for drivers. And expand outreach to veterans potentially interested in entering the uh, trucking industry. I've spent a lot of time talking about the economy. (laughs) <laughs> Not really. but what we'll say you yeah. have. Right. That's Biden talking. He continued. I spent a lot of time talking about the economy and the record-breaking economic comeback we're experiencing because of a lot of you sitting out there in those chairs talking to drivers. <laughs> this isn't picking on Joe Biden. I'll just tell you right now. It's Every president, it's every politician. It's like they are not in touch with reality. They are so far removed from what's real, they're in their own little make-believe bubble. I mean, the economy, come on. It, 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 this economy's everything. Inflation. Let's talk about inflation. Let's talk about fuel prices, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, I know he's going to release a a million barrels a day or something like that from the Reserve for the next six months. Uh, Hey, we'll take it. Anything helps, right? And he touted that he's going to start taxing or fining oil companies that aren't using the leases they have from the government. In other words, they're not pumping oil out of them. Kind of get that one. But according to the oil company, it's a lot more than just uh, having the lease. You've got a lot of other stuff to do, too. But anyway, I don't know about that. I can tell you, and I've told you in the past, that uh, I had somebody tell me that was well worked for one of the large oil companies. I mean, extra large. Get my drift. Extra large. Anyway, they got rid of a lot of people at the main office. Because they had to. And what they what this person was telling me was that this administration pretty much handcuffed the oil companies to what they could produce. They had to buy oil from uh, other countries, which made no sense. So we were at the mercy. Of whatever they were selling the oil to us for now this deal here with the uh, Ukraine war and it jumping you know crazy numbers like it did that uh, yeah it's probably part of the administration probably you know the oil companies got a hand in it somewhere anytime anybody can yell hey you know it's tough it's tough out there we got to raise prices. There are shortages. You know, we, we can't we can't get trucks. We can't get product. We can't, we can't, we can't. But to be honest with you, but the only thing I haven't been able to get is back around Christmas time, I couldn't get my granddaughter a video game. You know, Xbox or whatever they are. Yeah, good, you know, the shortage of those. Probably a good thing it didn't. My wife found her one of those little handheld... I don't know what they're called. Giant. Don't get me in that. You know, I... I, I the, the Nintendo. Nintendo? Yeah. You know, with the uh, big game cartridge, brown box, back in you know, the Mario Brothers. That's that's about the extent of my video game playing. Well, I'll take that back a little bit. I did buy an EA game, EA Sports. You know, bass fishing tournament game. That's pretty cool. But talk about eat-up computer uh, uh, speed and space and everything else. But it's still pretty cool. I got it on another computer. I just don't have time to play it anymore. Anyway, Biden took to the podium, praised the new influx of new drivers Spent a lot of time talking about the economy and record-breaking economic comeback? (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, Patted the drivers on the back saying, hey, you guys are carrying the nation literally on your back. It's no surprise so many drivers left their jobs. Excuse me? The reason a lot of drivers have left their jobs doesn't have a lot to do with the pandemic. You got to go back before that. You got to go back to ELDs and things of that nature. You made it tough on drivers. the The government keeps making it tough on drivers. Even Mayor Pete, our Secretary of Transportation, you know, got up there and bragged a little bit during this thing. and uh, For life of me, I have no idea why he's Secretary of Transportation. We talked about that before. He went from uh, presidential candidate to Secretary of Transportation. I guess that's normal Washington. Get out of the race. I'll make you a Secretary of Transportation. But I don't know nothing about transportation. It don't matter. (laughs) You know how that goes. Anyway, he continued, you all quit. Everything comes to a halt. Think about it. I'm not joking. Think about it. Comes to a literal halt. That, that's Biden talking the other day. Yeah, absolutely. Yet, fuel prices are over $5 a gallon. Fuel prices have continually gone up since uh, the November election back in, what, 2020? They've been low, steady nine yards yes I know things started coming back people started driving again yeah that had a little bit of you got a supply and demand thing there but that I read really, uh, talking about this uh, a driver thing do we have a story or is this part of it the apprenticeship program? Oh, on, I got to find my other? See if I got something in here about the oh, rising fuel. Yeah, there's something in here we're going to talk about if I got time. The rising. Here's the headline: Rising fuel costs slow down slow spot rate decrease descent. I, I I read that story, and <laughs> that's the most weird. That's anyway we'll get to it in a minute. It was in uh, transport topics, and I just printed the whole thing because it's so weird, you'll see what I'm talking about in a minute <clears throat> what they're trying to say, and it's pretty much the same thing happening they they can't see they they can't see the forest for the trees. It's one of those type stories, you know, but anyway, okay, body and prices truckers trucker apprenticeship program, okay, what they've done is made it easier for people to become uh, you know easier, faster. Cheaper, trying to get trucking companies and things like that to be part of this program. It went on and on and on. But I read the other day, there's a trucking school in California. They extended, due to the new rules and regs, they extended their training for people coming to their truck school, truck driving school, from six weeks to ten weeks. And, of course, they had to increase the tuition. All those schools do is just teach you how to pass your CDL. I've said this over and over again. You don't learn how to drive a truck until you get out there on the interstate, until you get in real-life situations. I'll tell you a story. I uh, learned how to drive a truck through Harold Ives. Went down to Stuttgart, Arkansas. He had bought or leased the old airport down there, and that's where we learned how to drive. Two weeks. Then we got our CDL, and we went out on the truck with a trainer. What could be easier than that? Then it cost me a penny. <clears throat> well, I had to pay for my hotel and eats and stuff, but as far as having to pay tuition, no. Just had to get hired. So I passed CDL. You know, one of the, one of the big skills tests we had to learn was serpentine. The serpentine back. That's the snake back, you know. And all of us, all of us. When are we ever going to use a back like that? When you know what good is this? You know why? Why are they making us learn how to pass? You know, have serpentine on a skills test. My first trip out solo, I had to do a serpentine back. So, for those of you wondering, yeah, serpentine back—they are out there. But that just cracked me up because first trip out, first trip out, I had to do a serpentine back <laughs> in real life. But every time the government touches something, or passes a law, or does something, they're not getting it. They're 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 causing more problems for something else, and, and it's just nuts. I, I just don't get it. Now you want to help? You want to help people here? here? Listen to this: Mississippi DOT, Mississippi DOT program, providing CDL training for the homeless. Ah, somebody with a plan. I I fully get this Mississippi DOT, Mississippi DOT, MDOT announced a new program designed to help people that are homeless, help them find careers in the transportation industry. It's a program that they have called DRIVE, D-R-I-V-E, Developing Responsible Individuals with Valuable Education. They always got to come up with these fancy names. MDOT and partner groups are working to provide housing assistance, job training, and employment for homeless people in Mississippi. I get that. I, psh, yes, program participants are earning commercial driver's license, getting their CDL, and obtaining employment through MDOT's public transit division. How? Why didn't somebody come up with this a long time ago? Let's get you know. I I, I was thinking about that this morning. I literally was. You know, but all the homeless people out there, how many of them are homeless because they're just lazy? And how many of them really want to get, you know, improve themselves and just have a hard time, you know, getting that first step? You know, because you got to think about it, you know, if you're down on your luck yeah, no place to shower, no clean clothes. I mean, hey, it, it is what it is. It's hard to find a job that way. But this is excellent. I mean, think of their Class A CDL. They're not homeless anymore. They've got a home. They can live in that truck. They can work and live in the truck. Obviously, not everybody would be able to do that. But I think that's an excellent idea. Drive partner organizations include MDOT, Mississippi Home Corps, Grace House Ministries, Driver Improvement Agency, City of Jackson Homeless Program, Catholic Charities, and the Salvation Army. So if you're around Mississippi, you're looking to uh, maybe donate a little bit of cash here and there. Those are the where you want to do it. Salvation Army. Catholic Charities, City of Jackson, Jackson Homeless Program, Driver Improvement Agency, Grace House Ministries, Mississippi Home Court, I don't know what that is, uh, Mississippi DOT, well, they're a government agency, but I thought that was great. All right, topic of today, we haven't talked about that. Something else we haven't brought up yet is the impossible question. What is today's impossible question? might be easy, I mean, considering where we are. Name the country in which most chocolates are consumed. Name the country in which most chocolates are consumed. If I remember, I will tell you the answer before we get done. All right, here we go. Drivers coming up uh, May 17th through 19th, 72-hour CVSA road check, 72-hour road check. Just uh, letting you know, first time here, I'm going to be reminding you about this stuff. Oh, I despise those things. I mean, you go in one state, you get checked, you uh, you, you know, four hours later, five hours later, you're crossing the border, there's another port of entry, and you know, and and you're going to go through this silly thing all over again. That, anyway, it is what it is. All right, topic this week, when things go wrong. Okay, first of all, this is the FBTV podcast. We... We do it every Wednesday morning, or we try to get it up Wednesday morning. Saturday morning, don't forget Saturday mornings, uh, we do the uh, FPTV podcast. We live stream it on YouTube, 9 a.m. Central Time. Tune in on Saturday mornings and uh, be part of it. We Saturday mornings are reserved for Q&A, questions and answers. You can ask questions, we'll answer them during that podcast. If you got questions you can leave it below in the comments area we'll be happy we'll get them and we'll answer it during the uh, Saturday morning podcast or if that don't work for you email us email me at fbtv at freightbrokertv.com forums on our website matter of fact that I've been telling you this for a month or so that's getting ready to come down and be redesigned we just haven't got around to it yet but uh, if you ever go there and it's not there well, well we'll have a page up saying hey we'll be back soon under construction or something like that but uh, freightbroker tv.com we got forms all over the website skype yeah we're on skype if you got skype fbtv just do a search for fbtv and uh, put us on your contacts list but you can uh, call using skype or you can text message us using Skype. Again, just do a search for FBTV. You'll find us. All right, when things go wrong, things as a broker, when you're a broker, you're going to be working with the loads. You've got a customer over here. You've got trucks over here. You're the intermediary. And there are all kinds of ways things can go wrong that you have no control over. truck breaks down. Maybe uh, the customer, they're changing something on load after you already got the truck. Now you got to go back to the truck and renegotiate that stuff. Maybe the truck had an accident. You know, whatever. When things go wrong, what do you do? First thing is communication. Communications, name of the game. You know, when things go wrong, this is an excellent time to build a better communication. Customer relationship. It really is. It's actually a great time too to build a solid uh, Carrier relationship as well because when things go wrong people are looking at you To see how you handle it I had a client uh, At Tatoa, I'll tell you more about Tatoa in a moment, but uh, had a client That uh, uh, something went wrong. It wasn't that big of a deal uh they they uh, booked a load the truck was getting loaded and the shipper it wasn't the customer of the load but where the shipper where they were picking up the load they were trying to overload the truck (laughs) and uh, the truck was saying no you can't do that and well the trucking company called the broker which was my client and what happened was they got they got rattled Things were going wrong. They, didn't, they, they They turned their phone off. They, they just backed away from the uh, situation, didn't do anything. Well, this client, they were uh, in the, uh, at the time, one of our agent programs. And the trucking company was able to, you know, contact us. And all it was was just, you know, they said, hey, they're trying to overload the truck. It was one simple phone call, one Simple phone call. Everything was taken care of. Everything was taken care of. When we finally got a hold of the client, the agent, the, the broker agent, explained to him that they were a nervous wreck. They didn't know what to do. They didn't even realize, hey, pick up the phone and call your consultant. Call your brokerage. Call somebody. You know, get help. When things go wrong, you don't turn your back to it. You don't turn your phones off you don't shut down you you don't you don't call it a day you know understand that as a broker when you're working a load that the trucking company they depend on you the trucking company depends on you if something goes wrong they need help they need assistance whatever it might be you're their go to your responsibility for that load does not cease until that load completes. So up until that time, you are the go-to. Now, a company calls you. Hey, listen, our, our truck went in the shop. We're not going to be able to pick that load up to today, but we can get it tomorrow. Uh, okay, what do you do? All right, well, you call your customer. You know, hey, Mr. Customer, just want to give you a heads up. The truck just called me. They're not going to be able to get in there this afternoon. Their truck went down. It's in the shop, but they'll be able to pick it up in the morning as soon as they get their truck back. Your customer will, 99.9% of the time, have no problem with that at all. You communicated. I had one customer trying to put in extra stops after we had already booked a truck. (laughs) Can't do that. (laughs) Well, you can, but it turns into a nightmare. You know, I had to call the trucking company, hey, man, I'm sorry, but this customers, they're re- redoing this whole load. You know, they're adding extra stops. You may not want it. And they didn't because the extra stops was now going to slow them down by 24 hours of their intended destination. They had to back out of the load. You know, we had to go find another truck to do it. Customer wasn't happy, but it was their fault. You can't, just, you can't do a deal and then change it midstream. I had a uh, load move here a while back. <laughs> this was comical. Alright, the, the load had two stops on it. Was it two stops? Maybe three stops. Maybe two picks and two drops. Something like that. And uh, we got a call from the customer wanting to know why the load didn't, you know, didn't deliver at that one destination. The The, the drop... It never got delivered. The, the load that was supposed to deliver at that extra stop made it to the final destination. It was delivered there. They wanted to know why. Uh, well, don't know. Well, the striking company used a factoring company, and we got their uh, the load confirmation that they used for the factoring company that we had prepared sent to that carrier. Because what a carrier is doing, I understand, is. Uh, when they finish the load, the low confirmation the broker provided to that trucking company is going to be part of the invoice when they invoice that uh, broker to get paid. Well, we noticed on the low confirmation it was missing the extra stop. The low confirmation the trucking company presented to the factoring company did not match ours. <laughs> the trucking company had photoshopped one of the extra stops out of the load confirmation we had uh, provided them they, they had they photoshopped it took out the extra stop gave it to their factoring company <laughs> so they could get paid by the factoring company and i guess they hope it flew or whatever they didn't want to make the extra stop they got lazy i mean you know the thing is you know the, we were in contact uh, with the customer we were in contact uh, with the factoring company, there was nothing to get in contact with the carrier about. Once we noticed what they had done, I'm sure the factoring company took care of that issue with that trucking company. I mean, it's it's nuts out there. When things go wrong, right now things are going way wrong. And if you're a broker and you're doing due diligence on your carriers, you got to remember Photoshop. Photoshop, you know, Photoshop is everywhere. You know, there there are uh, wannabe Photoshop programs out there that are pretty much free. Back in uh, 2008 when Fuel Prices did this, a lot of trucking, not a lot, but uh, desperate trucking companies, several desperate trucking companies, they had Photoshopped their Accord, their insurance Accord. To make it look like they still had insurance. You know, another month or so on their insurance. The expiration date. Do you know how dangerous that is? If that truck was to get out there and and get uh, into an accident or something happened to that cargo. And that load was really not insured. And by the way, brokers, that's where your contingent cargo comes in. Do you know how terrible that would be for everybody involved? I mean, the nightmare. You know, when things go wrong. So, you know, in times like these, you should be doing it all the time if you're a broker. Uh, call the insurance company. You know, if you get an accord from a trucking company, and it's showing you as the certificate holder, you can, uh, you should, you should call the insur- insurance company anyway to verify that you are an insurance or a certificate holder on that carrier's accord or policy. It's one phone call, 15 seconds. Yep, you're, you're, you're a holder. That way you know that everything on the document, well, actually, you could even request that the insurance company send you a new accord showing you as the certificate holder. You can prevent things from going wrong is what I'm talking about. Communication, communication, you know, checks, double checks. You've got to do this. It's just amazing. Matter of fact, there's a story, and we'll probably talk more about it Saturday, because I'm looking at this and it's just, it's mind boggling uh, uh, what these load boards are saying, what the ATA is saying, uh, what uh, it's just mind boggling what they're they're, they're they're talking about. As a matter of fact, let's let's put that off because we we've gone about a half hour already today. But uh, we'll get to that anyway. When things go wrong, that, that that's going to be our point of focus on Saturday, just in case you are wondering, because it's off the wall. It's off the wall. Fuel prices, and it goes back to what I was just talking about—insurance courts and things like that. But anyway, we'll get to that. Anyway, my name is Mike. I am uh, the host of FBTV podcast, Our video podcast, Saturday mornings. You can find on YouTube 9 a.m. live stream. But I'm also the uh, lead consultant at Taltoa t a l t o a dot com. Tautoa, we are a transportation and logistics training and consulting firm. We specialize freight brokers, freight broker agents, trucking companies, working with those type of uh, businesses. We have consulting packages for freight brokerage companies. We have training and consulting packages as well. Maybe you're someone wanting to get into the transportation industry. Maybe start out as a freight broker agent, which we recommend to everybody. We got videos all over the place explaining why. You can call me and ask me, and I'll explain to you why as well. But we have training and consulting packages. Now, you know, somebody always asks, you know, they always say, hey, you're, you know, your school. What's different between your school and their school? Well, first of all, we're not a school. You know, the, the, a lot of these skills, they pat you on the back say, hey, congratulations, good luck, see you later. We're a consulting firm. Yeah, we have packages that include in-depth, hands-on training, that is, no travel or on-demand, your choice. But once you complete the training, you can enter our mentorship program. It's part of the package for a period of time, depending on the package you chose, anywhere from 3 to 12 months. In that mentorship program, when you get into the mentorship program, you are a freight broker agent working through us under our licensed brokerage. That way you can get out there, we're overseeing everything you do, making sure you're crossing the T's, dotting the I's here to help you, assist you, make recommendations, talk you through problems, answer whatever questions you may have. You're able to... uh, earn a commission on your loads, just like a freight broker agent. The uh, mentorship program pays 60% on load net, which is the profit on the load. But more than that, you're getting the real life experience, and you're able to start building your customer base. Customer base is yours. Matter of fact, even if you don't talk to us, maybe you go someplace else, you get a contract with the brokerage, or you're you're looking for a contract uh, with a freight broker as an agent. Make sure there is nothing in that contract uh, that would not allow you to continue working the customers you brought into that company while you were contracted. Your customers should be your customers. They're yours. When you leave, your customers should go with you. A lot of people ask me about that. You know, well, why would a customer want to, you know, why wouldn't they stay with that broker? Because the customer is not buying the brokerage. They're buying you. They're buying you, the individual. You're the one that takes care of them. You're the one that gets you know, their trucks. You're the one that makes sure everything's right. It's you. This all goes part of that customer service, and we go through that in training as well. But even when you exit the mentorship program and you go out on your own, be it as a freight brokerage or maybe you get a contract with a freight brokerage as an agent, yeah, your consulting period continues. Again, the length of that period will be Dependent on the package you choose. That could be anywhere from uh, 3 to 12 months. But anyway, check us out. TALTOA.com. T-A-L-T-O-A.com. If you got questions about uh, anything you see there, feel free to call me. i would be happy to talk to you. Again, my name is Mike. 479-668-0838. Okay, this kind of off the uh, wall. <laughs> Software engineer in India became impatient with customer service. Go figure. How in the world can you become impatient with customer service? And of all things, this guy's in India. <laughs> Do you see the irony here? Anyway, uh, he got impatient with customer service of Indigo Flight when he mixed up his baggage uh, with another traveler. He contacted customer service several days in a row, but they all, all, all they would say was that hey, you know, we're trying to get in contact with uh, the individual. Uh, they would get in contact with him as soon as they made contact with the other traveler that had his luggage. Anyway, the software engineer, okay, key, keyword there, software, <laughs> the software engineer. He said, the heck with it. He went to the airline's website, hit F-12 and started researching. I don't know what that is. I have no clue. I even went uh, found their website. I hit F-12 and it, it didn't do nothing for me, but uh, he found the passenger who had his luggage reached and by the contact information stored in their system. They got together, exchanged the bags. After that he contacted the airline and suggested they improve customer service <laughs> and beef up their website since he was actually able to get the information on his own. How about that? I thought that's pretty neat. Uh let's see. Your birthday today, you're in pretty good company. Where is it? Where'd I put all this? I just had it a moment ago. Maybe it's over here. Yeah, if it's your birthday today, you're in pretty good company. Butch Cassidy. Yeah, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Born on this date back in 1866. Billy D. Williams. He's having a birthday today. Cliff from Cheers. The Mailman. 75 today. Mary Lou Henner from uh, Taxi. Evening Shade. Her birthday today. Candace Cameron Burr. She was DJ Tenner on Full House. You see her in a lot of movies now. Hallmark, Lifetime, those kind of networks. Yeah, I walked in it was a pretty good movie the other day. I walked in on my wife, she was watching one of her movies and Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was it was almost I can't remember the name of the movie, but when I watched it I thought, man, this is a cross between Doc Hollywood and Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> you have to see it. if you've seen that movie you know exactly what I'm talking about. Today in history, like said a moment ago, nineteen thirty one, the hostess Twinkie went on sale for the first time. And uh, you know you probably get a hostess Twinkie from that day, and it's still good, just as good as it was back in nineteen thirty-one. Nineteen eighty-seven, the Dow Jones average uh, set a record, twenty-four hundred. <laughs> Today we're over thirty-four thousand, and some of you may remember this twenty-five years ago. A blizzard shut down was shutting down uh, much of the northern plains. All right. I think that's enough for today, don't you? Today's impossible question, name a country in which most chocolates are consumed. What? United States? Eh? Pretty good guess. What about China? A lot of people in China. No. Switzerland. Switzerland's the answer on the impossible question of today. Switzerland is the country where most chocolates are consumed. All right, like I said, we'll be back, uh, what, Saturday morning, 9 a.m., FBTV Live uh, video podcast. We will live stream that on YouTube starting at 9 a.m. Remember, if you got any questions you'd like to have answered during that podcast, uh, email us, fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. Skype it. Send us an instant message. Leave a message on our Skype account, FBTV, just do a simple search. All kinds of forums on our website as well. All right, go have a great Wednesday. Unless, of course, you've made other plans, we will talk to you, what, Saturday morning.